What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fairway to Heaven on the All About the Birds Network, the only golf show you need to watch all week leading up to every golf event. When you're planning your daily fantasy lineups, planning your bets, when you're doing it all, this is the only place to be every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. I am Phil Stifle, joined as always by Jason Sullivan. And we got a huge show tonight. We obviously got to break down this week's Charles Schwab Challenge down there colonial at fort worth texas but we get, we got some other things on the agenda tonight first we have to start with the now reigning defending undisputed pga champion of the world one <laughs> mr phil mickelson 50 year old phil mickelson won the pga how amazing was that jason dude that was so cool it, it was Shades of Tiger winning the Masters a few years ago. I feel like just good for golf. I mean, like that last scene of him on 18 was nuts. Um, so much fun. The, the, the whole tournament in general was so much fun, too. It's like you kept waiting for Phil to blow up, and he never did. And he made some amazing shots on Sunday, and I, it was so much fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I like you said there, I was constantly waiting for him to just fall apart because, I mean, the conditions were windy as can be. The conditions were tough. The course was long and tough. And you don't think a 50-year-old guy can handle a near 8,000-yard course and walking it every day. and mm-hmm. It just it just blew my mind to how great he was able to perform mentally along with physically. You know what's funny, too, is he's still a bomber. I mean, he's still hitting the ball 330, 340 yards off the tee. The problem is most Absolutely. of the time he has no control over it. This, this particular week he had a lot of control over it, so that was pretty awesome. I was yeah. pumped the whole weekend. Yeah, I, I love how he brought up that the uh, – the mental aspect of his game is what's been struggling, you know, lately and why he can't mm-hmm. compete. And, I, and I, I loved how he also said in one of his post, you know, tournament interviews about how this might be my last time winning, period. Mm-hmm. It might not be, but it might be. So he was right. going to savor it as much as he can. And I'm really surprised he's he didn't withdraw from this week's field because, you know, the amount of mental taxing that must have been put on his body last week. The guy's got to be yeah. exhausted heading into this week. Yeah, he's got miscut written all over him this week. So he's a <laughs> stay away from me too. I love the guy. He's my favorite golfer by far. But, yeah, he's a stay away this week. Like you said, I mean, he put so much into it. And to fend off Brooks, who's, you know, the big game hunter and always so good in majors, it was really impressive what he did. And he played amazing. It's like he never was even close to, like, losing it like he normally does. So it, it was fun to watch. Well, and there's another interesting Brooks Kepka. I mean, the guy just loves the PGA Championship. I mean, he won it in 18 and 19. He can, you know, was right there all all weekend long this week. It's another guy. I, I mean, I didn't bet him to miss the cut like I did, you know, last week. Um, did I did I misspell Phil Mickelson's name? Ah, oh, man, you know, I rushed. I was late getting home from work tonight. My apologies. I'll edit that. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> if I misspelled his name, my bad. I'm not a dope. He's the dope over there. 
I didn't even write it. You did. I know. I write it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Brooks Kepka. I didn't think his knee could handle. You know, but the guy just loves the PGA Championship. Whatever they do specifically mm-hmm. to make a PGA Championship course stand out amongst the rest, it, it just fits his game every single time he's out there. Yeah, I mean, the more difficult the course is, it seems like the better he plays. And really, he played really well. He he was ball striking great. He he was really in it. He just couldn't make a putt. I mean, he putted awful for him on on Sunday, and that's pretty awful much what cost him the tournament. Easy putting greens as as well. They were easy putting greens. Right, and he. I mean, even if he would have just been an even putter on Sunday, he probably would have won the tournament. He mm-hmm. he played great tee to green. He just couldn't make a putt, which is not like him. Were there any other surprises or disappointments you had this past week in the PGA Championship? It, it was one of those tournaments. First of all, the coverage was really weird. I don't know if you obviously you watched on Sunday, but they didn't show anyone except for Brooks and Phil. So yeah. you had guys making, you know, like Finau, fifth place Finau was like what tenth place, but he didn't really play that well. But then backdoor to top ten, that you didn't see Shane Lowry at all. You didn't see Abraham Answer at all. <laughs> um, it was just one of those tournaments where they the coverage was so bad that pretty much you didn't see anyone. And then you looked at the standings later, and you're like, wow, Lowry was up up there. We talked about him yeah. a lot. Oh, look, Fino was up there. We talked about him a lot. There was a lot of guys that we were on that ended up pretty well. Um, one of the surprises, I think, for me was Zalatoris. He just continues to be great in really tough fields, really every field. He's a top 15 machine. Um, he, he's awesome in, I think, three top 10s in each of his last three majors. So the guy is just always there. He's a hell of a golfer, too. Yeah, I what mean, about you? Who do you think of the surprise? Coverage, I, I get what you're saying. Like The coverage, they had like two featured groups, and that's it. You know, if you weren't in one of those two groups, like on Sunday, if you weren't in the Phil Mickelson and Kepka group, they weren't paying attention to you. And like you said, like I had, I, I broke even on my DraftKings lineups last week, and I, I, I made a nice little profit betting. But going into Sunday, I didn't think I was making anything because I had about twelve top twenty bets, and I think six or seven of them backdoored their way in on Sunday afternoon because they played so well, and other guys fell, like Abraham Answer, Shane Lowry, like you mentioned, Charlie Hoffman, you know, Patrick Reed, all these guys kind of just slowly slid up the leaderboard on Sunday. But I had no idea till mm-hmm. after the tournament was over that these guys were putting together. Hell, I mean, I think what was the answer? I think he shot a 65 on Sunday. Yeah, he was awesome on I mean, Sunday. We, we didn't see but two seconds of him on Sunday, if that. Right. Same with Fino was the same way. Fino finished 10th. We didn't, I don't remember seeing a Fino shot Saturday or Sunday in the tournament, yeah. which is cr- yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, that being said, PJ Championship's over. We got the U.S. Open coming up in a few weeks. We'll dive into that as the weeks go along. But this week, we move on. We go down to Fort Worth, Texas for the Charles Schwab Challenge, the Colonial Country Club. It's a, I guess, would you consider it a legendary golf course? I mean, I think it's been like 70-some years straight that they've hosted at least one PGA tournament every year there. Yeah, it's the longest active course on the tour. They've been playing here since 1946. So, yeah, it's it's crazy that it's gone on that long. like you said, it's uh, the Colonial, which is 7,200 yard par 70. Only 121 players this week. So we talked about this pre-show a little bit. A lot of guys are going to make the cut. Over half the guys in this tournament are going to make the cut. So you're going to need six of six this week if you want to make any sort of serious money. Yeah. No, and it's it's a, it's going to be a big change for There's a lot of guys in this field that were in the, the PGA Championship last week. So it's going to be a lot, a big difference going from a 7,800 plus yard course. Yeah. Dropping it down to a 7,200-yard course. You got long par threes. You got one really long par five. But the, the thing that caught me, because it's so short, I'm like, oh, you got a 635-yard par five. That's insane in length. But then yeah. you've got nine par fours, 440 yards or less. So you're looking at guys that, you know, you know the approach shots, fairways, you know, accuracy hitting that fairway because you got tight, narrow fairways. You got guy. You got to be an elite iron player on a week like this. You got to be you able do. to hit your second shots. You got to be able to hit the greens, and you know the the greens are a little smaller from what I remember reading. But yep. you know it's it's a lot different of a tournament. If people paid attention to this tournament last year, this was the first event after the COVID shutdown. So every single golfer they upped it to like 160 golfers. Everybody yep. who was everybody played. This yep. year it's back to 121. And there are some good golfers in this field. The top end is very elite, but there's a lot of, I don't want to call them no names, but the bottom yeah. echelon of golfers that are in this in this field this week. For sure. Everybody was pumped to play last year, like you said. So 160 golfers in there last year, only 121. That was the big difference. Um, this course is a lot easier than last week. So you're going to see a winning score of probably minus 15 to minus 20. 
Um, three really difficult holes. They call it the horrible, horrible horseshoe. It's three, mm -hmm. four, and five. It's going to be a struggle for everybody. Um, but I heard two interesting stats today on the uh, Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. Kenny Kim's does one of the best course previews around. If you don't listen to it, you definitely should. Um, he said two different stats that were crazy. One of them was that eight golfers in the 70 – only eight golfers in 70 years here have gotten their first win. So okay. basically first-timers don't win here more or less. And then the average winner since 2001 has played this event seven times. So you're, you're finding guys winning this tournament that have played it six, seven, eight times. I mean that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and you say 15 to 20 under. Um, win sometimes plays a factor. That Texas win can no. kind of whip up out of nowhere. The last six years, Berger won at 15 under. In 2019, Kevin Na won at 13 under. Justin Rose won it in 18 at 20 under. But in 17, Kisner won it at 10 under. So I've got a 10, a 12, a 13, a 15, a 17, and a 20. The range, it all depends. And I haven't even – I'll be honest. I did not look up the weather forecast for this weekend yet. But you really are going to have to pay attention to the weather because there's a pretty wide range of winning scores at this course. That's a good point. I might have jumped the gun a little bit. Maybe we'll stick around under 15 under, we'll say. Yeah. I, I think 15 under, under is a good number to shoot for, but, uh, you know, it could go a little bit higher. It could go a little bit lower. It's just going to – I'm going to, as we're talking here, bring up the weather forecast for this, uh, you know, this weekend. It doesn't take too long to bring it up here. Um, I, I think that's definitely going to pay a thing. And, but like you said, make you're going you're gonna to want to have solid lineups – that are going to go six for six this week. It's it's just impossible to make any money this week if you don't have all your golfers making the cut. Yep, exactly right. So I'm looking at the weather. Thursday, mostly sunny, a high of 80, about 14-mile-an-hour winds. Friday, thunderstorms, nine-mile-an-hour winds. Saturday, 50% chance of thunderstorms again, nine-mile-an-hour winds. And then Sunday, gets sunnier again, but the wind picks back up to double digits again. So Thursday and Sunday, your dry days are going to be windy. Right. Your wet days in the middle of the weekend there are going to be a little, little, little less wind, but the rain's going to start coming down on those days. Yeah. So, so it sounds like weather, weather, weather's going to play yeah. a factor. Mm -hmm. You know, Brian agree. checking in saying it'll be low scoring. You know, it, it, it very well may be. But on the flip side of the equation, you also have a weaker field. So some of these guys don't don't know how to go 15 under, 20 under. Um, right. So let, let, let's dive into the, 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 to the field. Um, obviously, like we said, the top end of the field is very strong. You got five guys at 10 K or higher. You got Spieth leading the way at 11, two, you got Justin Thomas, Morikawa, Patrick Reed, and the defending champion, Daniel Berger. Um, if you could only play, I don't know what your, what your lineups are looking like or how you're building your lineups this week. If you could only build it with one of these five guys, who are you building it with? So for me, it's somebody that I never play in DraftKings at all, but I'm going to be playing this week. Colin Morikawa at 10-5. Mm -hmm. He has been playing some really good golf. Uh, top 18s in three of his last four. Finished second here last year. I just feel like this is the perfect course for him. Like we said, great iron play is what you're going to need here. He's probably the best iron player on the tour, him or JT. Mm -hmm. um, I think he fits perfectly in this course. First in tee to green in the field. Great um, driving the ball off the tee. He's, he's very accurate. Birdie or better, he's a scorer. He's awesome with irons. I just feel like, for me, he's a slam dunk in this range. Besides him, I'm kind of struggling a little bit. I like JT and I like Reed, but I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do in this range. What are you going to do? Well, I like Colin Morikawa. So the one thing I did read a bunch of this week was that everybody's comparing the results of the RBC Heritage and the Sony Open, mm -hmm. those two courses and tournaments. If you had success in those two tournaments, it could translate – into success at this event, unless you've had success in it, like Daniel Berger being the defending champion. I don't typically bet defending champions, but I do sometimes play them. So, I, I mean, I do really like Daniel Berger in the top end a lot this week. I think, let me see my list here. I've got him out of the top end guys. I've got him in three of eight lineups that I've built so far. So he, he's the most out of this, this area. But if we're going to trust the stats that I read, that the Sony Open and the RBC are important, Colin Morikawa was seventh at the RBC, and he was seventh at the Sony Open in Hawaii. So that right there says, you know, there are guys to play. I don't mind Patrick Reed this week. Um, I just, I don't know. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, I'm just, I'm just not sure where their head is after last week's uh, PJ Championship. Well, I think especially JT. I worry about 
that less with JT because he missed the cut. I feel like he's going to be coming out hot this week. Um, he's very similar in his game to the way that Morikawa plays. That's why I think I like JT a lot. Um, great iron player. If either one of them putt, they win pretty much, which happens every once in a while, but not very often. Um, right. So if I was going to play another one, I think it would be JT, but I'm not 100% sure yet. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I have Spieth in one lineup out of eight so far, but the I got Berger in three and I got Reed in one. They're the Out of eight lineups, they're the only guys that I've actually picked from this top end. And, and the reason is, and as we go through this lineup this week, you'll see, as we get below the 9,300, as you get below 8,500, the quality of players that are in this field, when you bet one or two guys in that top end, you got to pick a couple 6K guys or below 7K guys, and there's not much to choose from that I really feel confident in. So I'm really sticking in my lineups to that 8,400 to 9,400 range so I don't have to pick too much of the low-level guys this week. That's a great point because even, like you said, even the lower 9,000s, like there's a big drop-off. You know, you have the, the Corey Connors Neiman range, and then right after that, it just goes off the cliff. It's like I mean, you guys look at, in the nine. You got Kokrak at nine. 9K. Kokrak yeah. should never be at 9K. You know, no. Gary Woodland has played good golf occasionally this year. Um, he made the cut last week. But, I mean, he's made only eight of his last 16 cuts. So he's not like this surefire, you know, guy. And he's over 9K. So the mm -hmm. fact that these guys are in the 9K range, it just – it makes it very difficult when you're breaking down this field. Well, and even Sunjay M, is, he's basically alternating made cuts and missed cuts every week. I don't know if you looked at his recent history. He's pretty much missing the cut every other week. So he's – I think he's exactly. 9,100. So. Yeah, it's, it's a guy – he missed the cut last – or he made the cut last week, finished in the top 20. Missed, he, he did finish in 13th place at the RBC, which, again, it's a good course to judge against. Um, but again, you got you got to focus on these nine and eight K ranges to build your lineups. So let's try dive into the nine K range because I want to point out the one guy at the middle of the nine K range. He's already he was my first bet I made to win outright on this tournament. Um, I've got him in how many of my lineups already? Five. I got him in five of my eight lineups. Okay, he's ninety four hundred. He's uh, Mr. Corey Connors. He's he's a great ball striker. I think his game fits this course. Very, very well. Um, he had a good run at the PJ Championship last week. Fourth place at the RBC Heritage. Um, pros or cons on Corey Connors this week? No, I love Corey Connors, especially the bet. I really like the bet a lot this week. He's so consistent, and he's getting – I feel like he's better and better each week ball striking, and his putting has really been that bad. So I feel like he's due for a win here soon, so I really like that play a lot. This range is loaded. You could probably talk me into like five or six guys in this range. Um, my favorite two, Will Zalatoris is my favorite in this range. He's 9,900. He's, he's just a top 15 machine. His current form is really good. He's great tee to green. He just feels like he's a good, solid player all across the board. So I love him this week. Um, I love Answer, but I'm going to skip over Answer to talk about Fino, actually. Um, I think Fino is a great pivot, and he might be half the ownership this week at 9,600. Three top tens in his last four Sorry, events. I throw you off every time I do that. I was prepared. So I only saw that one out of the corner of my eye, but it still threw me off a little bit. So he's three top 17s in his last four starts and five of five made cuts here. I feel like if Finau, especially in a lower, you know, like not as strong of a field like this one, if he's under 10K, I feel like you got to play him. Answer, I love. I think he's going to be super high owned. He's made three straight top eights, 12th tee to green in this field, and fifth in driving accuracy. So – People love him, but I think he's going to be like 25, 30% owned. So I don't, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with him. That's yet. exactly what I mean. Like, I actually love answer and I'm making a bet. I, I've got bets on answer in the top 20 and the top 10 this week. Uh, but again, like you said, I think answer is going to be, I think the projections are like 20 something, but I think it's going to be really close to 30%, like you said before. Um, yep. I also think Finau is going to be really highly owned this week as well. Um, I think That's a, a whole bunch of these guys in the 9K range are going to have some 15, 20, 25% ownership, uh, which is obviously a big deal. Um, you know, I, I like Corey Connors. You like those top three guys a lot. We'll get to Scotty Scheffler in a second, but I do like Joakim Neiman a lot this week as well at 9,300. Um, again, guys plays been playing really good golf lately. Um, I don't even think he's missed a cut this year. Um, finished second at the Sony Open, another comparable course. Um you know, again, you said nobody's ever won. I'm not sure if he's ever won a tournament. He hasn't won a tournament this year. 
Um, I think he's won one ever. Yeah, I think he, he won one last year before. Mm-hmm. But I think the Chile- Chilean sensation can really, uh, you know, I've been saving that one today. Um, really, really <laughs> perform well at this course. Um, so he uh, also approach, kind of yeah, he's, he's good at all these uh, comparable stats this week. Just to piggyback on that, he also puts the best on Ben Grass, which is this week. So there if go. there's a week to play him where he, he struggles with the putter sometimes, he might putt better than usual this week. So he might be a, a really good play this week. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to touch on any of these? Other, I mean, Scotty Scheffler, the, the one thing I wanted to touch, he wasn't in my initial notes. He's not in any of my lineups. Mm-hmm. I kind of forgot that this is a Texas tournament and he loves playing in Texas. Um, Texas boy. One of the home kit, you know, crowd and all. Um, so that might give me, I mean, finished top 10 last week. You know, he's played some good golf. Um, actually, he's playing great golf. I don't know if I pick him to win. Not sure when that win is going to come for him this year, but uh, I, I don't know. Something about Texas and Scotty Scheffler always intrigues me. He's another one, too. The quietest top eight ever. I don't think I saw one of his shots the entire tournament. No. Top I didn't even know he finished in the top eight until I just oh, looked at his right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I just found out just now. Um, yeah. I actually like Gary Woodland. You mentioned him earlier. I actually yeah. like him uh, this week a little bit. He's been playing better golf since he got healthy. Um, he finished ninth here last year, so – I like him. I think only in GPPs. I, I might actually bet him and then not play him at all on DraftKings. I haven't really decided yet. I think he was 55 to 1 last time I looked. Yeah, I, I don't have the numbers up. I, honestly, if I'm looking at the top in the 9K <coughs> range, I'm probably skipping Zalatoris. I don't know why. Something's just telling me to to pass over him. But I'm looking at Answer, Finau, Scheffler, Connors, and Neiman. I'm skipping the bottom three guys of Woodland, Im, and Kokrak. And I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm keeping my eyes on Connors and Neiman as my main guys in DFS, and they're probably one or both will probably anchor every single one of my lineups this week. Yeah, they're both solid. I think they're both really good in cash this week too. So if you're yeah. playing cash games like I do, all right, do let's it. jump into this 8K range. Which again, the 8K range. I mean, there's a lot of hit and a lot of miss in this 8K range this week. Um, you got Rose, you got Billy Horschel, you got the Hoff the Hoffman. You got Palmer, who disappointed big time last <laughs> week. Gonna, yeah, people are going to think you're talking man. about David Hasselhoff. Yeah, I, I was trying to find a way to get David Hasselhoff's name to the Hoffman there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Palmer disappointed. He was one of my big plays last week. Disappointed. His price jumped way up to 80. He was like in the low sevens last week. 8,600 this week. You got the PGA champ, Phil Mickelson, who got a little respect and bumped up to 85. Ooh. But yeah, no. Yeah, Ugh, Kevin Nob, Kevin. You got Kevin Streelman, you got uh, Matt Wallace, Kevin Tringali, and Brian Harmon. I'll let you go first this on this on this group. Um, well, my favorite one is Charlie Hoffman. We both talked before the show. We think mm-hmm. he's going to be super high owned. Seven top 18s in his last eight starts, so his form's really good. Eight of nine made cuts here. 14th in tee to green in this field, and seventh in birdie or better. So he fits kind of everything you're looking for in the tournament. I just worry. I always worry about ownership, but I I feel like I really worry this week about Charlie Hoffman being. 20, 25% owned. How do you feel about him? Um, I love I love him and this course. I've got him in a top 20 bet. I've got him as a round one leader bet. Um, I love him this week. But again, the percentage does scare me. Um, on my eight lineups, I do have him in three of them. But again, I, I, we said this before the show started, we might have to consider taking these 20% owned guys this week because mm-hmm. – the guys that are going to be five seven percent owned, you're really taking a big risk of them missing the cut because the low bottom mm-hmm. of this lineup, as we get into it, is going to be really 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 tough to really pick the right combo of guys, in my opinion. So yeah, I think you're I, I, I think you're hundred percent right. Man, if I have to, I feel like you have to kind of plant your flag. You can't you can't obviously take all the chalk guys, but if you're going to take you know say there's six chalk guys, take three of them and just plant your flag and yeah. and, and roll with those three. Um, in this range, though, I like Brian Harmon a lot. I know that you always mm-hmm. like Brian Harmon. Se- seven straight made cuts here with T31 being his worst finish. So he's been really solid here. 11th in putting in this field, which I think putting is going to matter a lot this week. I normally don't care about putting, but I feel like putting does matter this week. So he's a really good putter, and I feel like he could contend in this tournament for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, Hoffman. I like uh, Harmon as well. I got them in lineups. The other two names in the 8K range, um, I'm staying away from Rose, Horschel. I'm staying away from Palmer. He's borderline mm-hmm. dead to me after he disappointed me last week. 
I'm looking at 8,300 and 8,200. I'm looking at Kevin Streelman and Matt Wallace as my two go-to guys. Both have had success at the RBC. They've had success at this course before. They're both ball strikers. They're both good, consistent golfers. Ones are going to hit fairways, hit greens, and put the ball solidly. Um, and you don't need to be a bomber to win on this course. You need to be accurate, and you need to be hitting fairways and greens. Um, so that's why I really like Streelman and Wallace this week. I've got both of them in several lineups this week. Well, Streelman was right there, too, until the back nine on Sunday. He was right there last week. So I like both of those plays a lot this week. Um, Streelman I probably like a little bit more. Wallace I like in tougher courses. So mm. if it ends up playing tough or the wind ends up, you know, kicking up a little bit, I like Wallace. Um, I have a weird, like, obsession with playing Wallace. No matter what percentage he is, I always play him a lot. So whatever dollar amount he is, I should say. So I always play him. So I'll probably play him, but I like Streelman a little bit more this week. Okay, gotcha. All right, any other guys in that 8K range you want to touch on? Because we could dive into no, the 7K with some interesting com comments in this range here. I have so many 7K guys that I like, so let's dive right in. <laughs> all right, let's start. Let you go first. We're not going to name every name. I'm not going to run them all down. But I got to start with my favorite 7K guy. It's the number one 7K guy in the lineup, the Sned Snedeker. Brett Sned. Snedeker, Sneds, love Sneds. Um, Me he's too. made a couple cuts in a row lately. But the one thing on top, he's made three of his last four events. He's been top 20, uh, top 17, actually, I think. But he's made seven straight cuts at this course. Yep. He loves Colonial. Um, he might have a slightly high ownership percentage for a 7K guy. But I think, you know, with the with the, the low end as it is, I think 7,900, even if he's got a 15% ownership, I I'm rolling with it. You know, he also made the cut at the RBC, played well at the Soda. Yep. I think the guy's got top 20 written all over him, in my opinion, this week. I completely agree with you. So I had four points on him, and you said three of them. So exactly what you said, plus he's number two on Bentgrass in the last 50 rounds in this field. So putts really well on Bentgrass. It's probably his best surface to put on. Yeah. So what Phil said, plus that. <laughs> Sneds is a for-sure go-to go guy. Yep. Um, now, I don't, I don't have many notes written down on him, and you mentioned how you weren't a fan of him because of the price this week, but I do got to bring up Grillo um, because he was, you know, one of my guys, one of my long shots last week. He did backdoor making the cut. He did, you know, you know, backdoor a decent Sunday into a decent finishing position. I think top 40 I think he made last week. Um, he finished second at the RBC, uh, which, again, I keep going back to the RBC. That's what everyone's saying that you got to play well at. And the two, two things he does well is, he drives the ball, and he is accurate with the driver. Two yep. important things this week. So I, I, I didn't have a lot on him to begin with, but the more I think about it, him at what's he 7,900? I think Snedeker and Grillo are two solid plays in this seven K range. So Grillo has taken over Keegan Bradley as my least favorite DraftKings play ever. So I just don't know. I don't know. I don't have enough faith in him, especially. I feel like if he's chalk, I want no part of it, which I think he's going to be chalk. So okay. I worry a little bit about him. I do like this range a lot, though. Um, I feel like the, a lot of the guys that I like are going to be a little bit lower owned. Taylor Gooch, I feel like he's underpriced at 7,300. Four or five cuts made recently and two of three cuts made here. So I like him a lot. I like Kucher this week. Two top 18s in his last three events. He fits. He kind of fits what we talked about before. Like the Kisner type, he's going to putt well. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to hit fairways. I feel like he's – I like him a lot this week. I like Doc Redman. On any courses that are like this, set up like this, that there's going to be birdie fest maybe, I like Doc Redman a lot this week. And then hold on, hold on. my last did, one – Doc Redman kill one of my six for sixes when you picked him a few weeks ago? He did. And it was the only guy to miss the cut? Yeah. He did. No, but the no next Doc week, Redman. I, the next week I was all over him and he T9. So I was okay, I was loving it. Um, I like Matthew, Matthew Neesmith too. Ball striker, approach. Uh, Green's a regulation guy. I like him a lot to speak to. I, I, I just won't pick him because anytime I seem to play Matt Neesmith, he seems to miss the cut. And every time I, do, I don't play him, he seems to score really well. So I'll, I'll stay away from Neesmith this week. <laughs> so you, he does it. well for you. Thank you. Yeah, it means no, a lot. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait to help you out a little bit here. Hey, it was nice to see you before we go on to the six game. It was nice to see our boy Mikey back. Coming from the dead for some golf bets. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of top 20 bets. I, I, I've really fallen in love with the top 10 and top 20 bets. Um, really have. And I told myself after the PGA, I, I had like 32 total bets last week on the PGA. 
And and, and I, I backdoored a lot of – the top 20 is so easy to backdoor your way into a win. And I definitely went from being below break even to making a little bit of money last week because of those top 20 plays. So I was going to I was gonna back off my bets this week, but I've already made 10 top 20 bets, and I've got two more already oh written God. down from notes that Jason's saying. So I'm all over top 20 this week. I love the top 20 bets this week. I'll even send you a picture, Mike, of my scorecard or, or my card once I finish all my bets out. I got two more names. Gamble, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I don't have a problem. I just thoroughly enjoy my $1 bets. That's right. Just you know. That's all it is. They're all $1 bets, all my bets. So um, I like I, – I don't, I don't think I heard you say Chris Kirk's name. Um, really like him. He's really good at par four mm. efficiency. He's great on courses under 7,200 yards. He's eighth in birdie or better. He putts half decently. Seventh at the RBC and second at the Sony Open. Two comparable courses. So I'm playing a lot of Chris Kirk this week, I think. Um, and where was the other name? Russell Knox. He's, he's mm. top 20 last couple events he's played in. Uh, his last eight rounds, he's six in greens in regulation, eighth in, a, in approach. He avoids birdies. He's great tee to green. Um, so Russell Knox and uh, Chris Kirk are two other names that I seem to keep popping up on my uh, my radar. Yeah, I like both those guys, especially Knox. I really like this week. So okay. I think they're both good plays. Good. Uh, I'm, I'm happy you approve <clears> of them. <throat> I did. All right. Let, let's, let, let me just page down here. Actually, a couple other names. I, I do want to throw Howard Varner. And Carmen Villegas or Vajegas or whatever you call his name. Um, they keep popping up on all my things saying the, that they have good shots this week. Vajegas, you know, did really well at the RBC as well. Um, and I'm pretty sure he did well at the Sony Open. His thing doesn't go back that far on my screen here. And Harold Varner, you know, another guy's played really good golf this year. Again, second place, tied second place at the RBC. Um, so two names that I've got one or two lineups with both those names in it. I hate both those plays. You hate them both? Let's move on. <laughs> why, why, I want to know why. I want to hear your so, point. All right. I don't hate Vajagas. I do hate Harold Varner. I just – every time I play Varner, he burns me. So, he's dead to me for sure. Okay. We've really got to work on this dead to me list that we both have. We have way too many golfers on the dead to me list. In five years of playing DraftKings, I don't think I've ever gotten him right. So, okay, okay. dead to me. Again. That that's the problem, and this, and this is what we're talking seventy four hundred for them, seventy three hundred for Russell Knox. This is why this tournament this week for DraftKings purposes is so difficult because we're, we're, we're me and Jason seem to always agree on ninety percent, ninety five percent of the guys we're playing this week. After you get below eight thousand or eighty two hundred, it's a big coin flip on a lot of these yeah. guys. If, if you pick ten guys in the seven k and six k range, five of them might miss the cut. So you really got to work on lineup balance this week, big time. No, I completely agree with you. This is – I feel like you're – that's kind of how you are you going to win and lose this week, which is probably the case most weeks is your 6K and then your lower 7K range. So right. there's a lot of good plays. You just got to pick the right ones. Yeah, except the problem is this week there's a lot more question marks. I, I feel like I do yes. pretty well with my 7K range picks, and I do half decent mm -hmm. with my 6K. This week, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just shooting darts, you know, right now. I, I really don't know which way to go. All right, so let's jump into the 6K range real quickly here. Um, give me your favorite 6K ranges. Okay, I'm going to rapid fire the 6K range if you don't mind. Yeah. I have like five or six guys that I really like. Um, okay. And one little snippet about each guy. So JT Poston, two top 20s here in the last three years. I like him. Cameron Champ has made two of two cuts here. I like him. Brian Stewart, six of seven made cuts here. He's very accurate driver of the golf ball. I like him a lot. Um Adam Shank is a cut maker. I feel like he he's made four of his last five cuts. I feel like he's good for a made cut. Uh, our well, first off, your boy. What, what, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Still, Wally, Wale, whatever. Seven straight made cuts. Sixty two hundred dollars. I like that a lot this week. Who, and then who's that guy? Rapper, I don't even know who Wale, you're talking about. Wale, Vincent Wale. Why, why is he my guy? Did I say his name one time? Oh, uh, you liked him two weeks ago. Yeah. Did I? Well, two weeks ago. T26. So if I liked him, he did pretty damn good that week. He did. And then RCB, I like him a little bit this week. I, I just feel like he's too low a price. T23 here last year, and he's a good putter. So I like those six plays, especially Wale. The only one of that list that I have on my list is Brian Stewart. He's the only one I love. I, I love that play. I think at 6,700, you're getting some great value there with him at 6,700. 
Um, at the lower end, uh, Denny McCarthy, I've got him in a few lineups. Um, like again, yeah, he's missed a few cuts, but he made the cut of the PGA Championship, did really well at the RBC. Uh, I'm really going off of that RBC you know, similarity there on a lot of my plays this week. Um, a couple other names, where are they? For some reason, I don't have them in a single lineup, but I made a top or first-round leader bet on them because I seen something floating around the internet, and I was so busy today, I didn't even really get to look into it that somebody said to bet Peter Malnati to win the first round and like 40 other golf guys that I, that I follow all started jumping on the Peter Malnati first round leader. And now that I look at it, he's missed four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his last cool. 10 cuts. So I think I just Solid. lost that dollar there. Um, I think that was not a smart move. I didn't even research that one. I just kind of saw it and went for it. Um, but he's a really great putter. So yeah, he's a really go. good, great putter. Yeah. Michael Thompson, Maybe, you know, he, he made the cut at the RBC. Like He's made four or five out of it, four out of his last five cuts. Um, good putter, solid ball striker. You know, doesn't drive the ball far, but does what he has to do to get around a golf course. Um, and that's really all I've got in the 6K range. Because like I said, I'm staying away from it as much as possible. Yeah, agreed. All right. Bets? Yeah, so bets. Um, I already told you, I got Corey Connors as my number one bet this week. I also have Neiman and Wallace. So far, they're my only three outright bets I've got this week. Matt Wallace, Joe Neiman, and Corey Connors. So I have three outrights so far. Um, I have Siwoo at uh, plus 6,600. Mm-hmm. I have Woodland at – I guess I already had – I guess I already bet Woodland. I said I might bet him. I guess I already did. Um, <laughs> I have him at plus – 5,000. And then I have, I don't usually like to bet guys at 12 to one, but I feel like JT, I just want to get some sort of stake in JT. So I bet JT at 12 to one as well. Okay. I have, um, so I have 10 top 20 bets. Obviously, whenever <clears throat> I bet somebody to win outright, I, I bet all of them as top 20 bets as well. It's just back up. You know, you don't hit your outright winner. They still probably compete. You know, I, I, I always make sure my outright bets match my top 20 bets. But I got Connors. I got I got Berger. I got Answer. Um, I got Joachim Neiman, obviously. I got Christian Kirk, Kevin Streelman, Sneds, Wallace, Stewart as my long shot top 20, and Russell Knox. But I'm adding Tony Finau, and I'm also adding like Answer and Finau top 10 bet as well. Yeah, I like that too. Like both of them. So I don't I didn't make any top 20 bets yet, but I made a couple uh, top 10 bets. I have Berger. Plus 225 for top 10. I have um, Zelatoris plus 250 for top 10. And then I also have Corey Connors plus 200 for top 10. Okay. I, think, I feel like all those are good bets. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're all very solid bets. Um, I did bet Malnati as first-round leader as a joke. Now, obviously, it's coming out as a joke because I have no idea why I did that. It just seemed right. to be something that was getting retweeted and talked about by boatloads. I think I even saw the coachman making a comment on Malnati yeah. being the first-round leader. So I'm like, why not? Let's throw a dollar there, and it's 100 to 1. I also got a first-round leader bet on Charlie Hoffman. I think he's going to play great this week. I think he's got a chance to win. Um, we'll see. Um, and I and Wyndham Clark, it's another name. I didn't actually talk about him. Um, I do kind of like Wyndham Clark this week. Let me see if I could bring my DraftKings lineup back up here. I on love the Wyndham screen. Clark every week. Yeah, Wyndham Clark's a great play on DraftKings on a regular week. Um, where was he? He was 6,800. That's why I missed him. Um, you know, I, I love to take the stats at the first-round leader, even though I never seem to hit. hit. Uh, he made the cut last week. Actually, he's made four. Four, four straight cuts. So, you know, the guy's playing solid golf. Um, why not? Um, I did tell myself I was never betting first-round leader again after last week. <laughs> I put, I, my, my first-round leader has finished in second place after the first round three weeks in a row. Um, so I said cool. I wasn't going to do it. Um, but I'm a sucker for a first-round leader and a 100-to-1 payout. So why not? Do it. Yeah, do it. All right. So go big or go home. This week. Instead of us building a joint lineup that is destined to fail like it does every single mm. week, we're both going to pick a lineup and we're going to enter it in the same tournament or same contest. One of us will pick a contest tonight or tomorrow, um, and we're going to enter our lineup um, in the same thing. And we're going to compete and see who finishes better over the week because for some reason our minds just don't jive. We don't pick good joint lineups. <laughs> I, I cashed no. in so many lineups last week, but our lineup – 
I think finished like sixty thousandth out of seventy thousandth in the quarter jukebox that I entered. Yeah. It. it was just straight dog Not track. Good. You know, we Not just good. can't do it. So I'm gonna share the screen here. I'm gonna put the screen up here. Hold on, and I'm gonna start picking my lineup, and then I'm gonna let you see it. See if you can guess what I'm where I'm going with my lineup. I've already got it written down here. All right, so I'm gonna pick it. You're gonna tell me what you think of it, and uh, this is my number one lineup. Man, I don't even know if I want to go with that. I am also going to enter it right now. So I'm entering it as you enter it. Well, oh, onto your side? Okay, gotcha. Yep. All right. I, I thought I picked the right one, but that one has $0 left. I hate $0 left. Uh, man. So which one am I going with here? We are going to go with this one. All right. So we are going to start my lineup off with the defending champion, Daniel Berger. Okay. Berger. Love Daniel Berger. Then we are going with the Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman, okay? Then we are going with Sneds. Everybody's got a nickname in this lineup, basically. You got Hoff. You got Sneds. The uh, Hoff. The Hoff. The Hoff. Then we are going Chris Kirk. All right. Let's see where that – that's four of my guys right there. All right. Yep. So, so far, how am I doing here with this lineup? So far, so good. Seventy nine hundred per player left. All right, I'm gonna really, I'm really gonna throw you here. Now we're going with Siwoo Kim. Siwoo. Siwoo, who I'm not sure. He's a little. He's probably my weakest guy that I've picked in this lineup, in my opinion. And then Emilio Grillo. Win or finish fiftieth. No one yeah. is winning. Hey, but fiftieth makes the cut. So, so there's my True. lineup. That's my lineup that is short of cash. Who's your last guy? Oh, Grillo. Uh, Grillo. Okay. So I got Berger, Hoffman, Sneds, Kirk, Kim. And Grillo. All right. I'm going to make mine on the spot. Zero preparation. All right. Hold on. Let me clear this one out. Yeah. So I, want, I want to put it up on the screen for everybody to see. All right. Give me your first guy. Vincent Wale. $6,200. Wale. 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 Yep. Gotcha. You're really starting I low. From, I am building from the bottom up. I am going to go with Taylor Gooch as my second pick. Gooch. This sounds like a name to shout at a basketball or football event. You know, when he makes a big <laughs> shot. Gooch. Um, I'm going to go Morikawa. Morikawa, you're just blowing all your money on one pick right there. And then I'm going to go Fino. Wow. Fifth place Fino does the job. I can't put the fifth place Fino up. Saying, wow. I, I, just, I can't put fifth place Fino up when I am uh, also working the share screen. All right, we're going to go with Harmon. Harmon. Love Harmon this week. And then I am going to go with Streelman as my last pick. Leave 100 bucks on the table. Not I like more, but. Yeah, I like more on the table as well. I didn't pick my other lineup just now. I, I had another lineup written here that I really like a lot. It just has $0 left. And it's got Connors, Neiman, Hoffman, Kirk, Kim, and Varner. And I really like that lineup, but it leaves zero on the table, which leaves right. you open for a lot of, a lot of you know duplicate lineups and all. So, well, if you want to win the million million dollars this week, you should probably enter this lineup in your lineups. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. My lineup is ten times better. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to make a bold prediction about your lineup. Bold prediction. Don't say it. Colin Moore, Kyle's missing the cut. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I don't know why, and I'm going to actually write that down. I might actually, just because I said it, I'm going to throw a dollar on miscut Colin Morikawa. I, I was going to bet like 10 bets compared to my 30-some. I'm up to like 20-some bets now. I really think I got a problem here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Anonymous. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem. A problem is you have to stop. I don't have to stop. I, I can stop whenever I, thought, I want. At the bottom, I thought that said you were entering a $50 lineup. I'm like, whoa, you're going a little – Dude. Little extreme. Stop, stop, dude. There's not even fifty dollars in my account. Okay, so that, that, that's you're impossible. Going a little big on my lineup. Yeah, no, not happening. All right, so I want to throw another lineup up here. I'm going to build here. It's another one I put together. It went really top heavy, and then very low heavy as well. So I'm going to put it up here, and I want to get your opinion on it. It's got Burger. It's got Reed. Oh, it's got two 10K guys 
and it's got a 9K guy and Joachim Neiman. Okay. So when you do this, that leaves me with only 6,800 left to build a lineup. Okay. So I went John Vegas, which was even more dropping of my price. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to balance out this lineup to go top heavy, I went Denny McCarthy and Wyndham Clark. I love Wyndham Clark. So what we were talking hmm. about all show long, if you build a top heavy lineup, you're stuck taking guys like this. Right. But on the flip side of the equation, there's 200 left on the table. A lineup like this, if 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 McCarthy and Clark make the cut, this could be a this could be a first place lineup. Yeah. But there's this is kind of an all or nothing on those two making the cut. Yeah. It's kind of all or nothing, but I feel like that's I like it for GPPs for sure. Yeah, I mean, and this and this is where I've been struggling. Like, I don't normally write eight lineups down before a show. I just write down my player pool with my notes. But I've been struggling right. to build lineups this week because you're stuck with things like this. So I don't know. You you have any thoughts on this lineup? Is it is it destined to fail? Me entering this? Should I keep it to the small buy-ins? Um, I want to keep it for the small buy-ins just because you're taking so much of a chance. I feel like it's very hit or miss. Um, I like all the players in the lineup. I just worry about taking McCarthy and Clark. Yep. I think that's my only – which, yeah. I mean, that's the chance you're taking. You're taking so. a big chance there. But, yeah, there's a very good chance this is a three or four out of six lineup right here. But there's also well, a I chance. Love, yeah, I love the top three, all of them. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking three guys that could easily win this tournament to top top right. top end. Exactly. But that's where you get exactly. – when you get these smaller fields, you, you, you get some real big – Risk. Oh, that's 55. That's the crowns that I could enter. It with. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, there we go. All right. Let's <laughs> close that out else. for a second. All right. I'm going to try to bring something else up here. Something else happened this weekend. Um, oh, that's right. I, I don't want to play it. That's right. I, I forgot. We're, we're, we're trying not to play the video. Um, so something else happened after the PGA Championship this week, over the weekend. Um, the Celebrity Death Match is not yet signed and sealed. <laughs> the Hell in a Cell match Vince McMahon made a phone call. It just hasn't been worked out yet. Um, Brooks Kepka doing a little bit of an interview post round, and uh, somebody named Bryson, my boy, in the background, <laughs> egging him on. Um, if people don't know, Bryson and Brooks have a bit of a is dislike not a harsh enough word. They don't like no, each, they other hate each other. Yeah, they don't. They do not like each other. So maybe you want to explain because I couldn't even hear what was said. But Brooks was trying to do his interview, and, and Bryson said something under his breath. And then it just set Brooks Kepka on an F-bomb tirade. Yeah, so basically Brooks was saying he thought he played really good, tee to green. He just couldn't putt. He said it was really windy. said people were having a lot of trouble putting. He's not sure what the other guys said. Right when he said that, Bryson walked by and said, maybe if you putt on the correct line, you wouldn't have that problem or something along those lines. <laughs> and so Brooks – who already hates – I feel like Brooks hates Bryson way more than Bryson hates Brooks. So I feel like he just, like, looked like this, and then he completely lost everything he was saying in the interview. And he said, he said, he said I don't know. I, I can't even remember what I was going to say after that. Bullshit and fucking something, something. And, yeah, he just completely lost it. And then at the end of it, the, the guy that was interviewing him kind of cracked a joke, and he smiled again. But he looked like he – like, if Bryson had walked back, Brooks probably would have punched him in the face. So yeah. So he, the question is, is this Brooks Bryson rivalry good for golf? I because I think it's I, feel like, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Because if they can somehow like find a way to get the two of them paired together, first round of the US Open, let me tell you something. First round viewership would never be so high. That would be the featured group that would be yeah. people would be signing up for PJ Tour Live.com yeah. to watch it. I mean, it's got rivalry it's got phil tiger rivalry written all over it also if you are if that is the pairing for the first round of the u.s open bet both of those guys first round leader because they're gonna put on a show oh, the two of those guys. they are gonna fight to the death <laughs> yeah they're both probably gonna play awesome they both want to outscore you know outshine each other i feel like it is good for golf i feel like that's the only thing that golf lacks these days is that everybody's buddy buddy you know Phil wins the other day, and you see Ricky and Rom and Streelman and, you know, whoever else that was out there. Every time Spieth wins, you see all his buddies, you know, kind of come out there. And I feel like they – he's right. I feel like they need, it needs more bad blood. I mean, 
back in the day, Phil and Tiger did not like each other. And I felt like that was great for the game. And I feel like this is good. The interesting thing is they're both going to be on the Ryder Cup team. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really interesting. Like, they're going to have to coexist with each other. And they just, like I said, I think Brooks hates Bryson way more than Bryson hates Brooks. But, man, it's, I think Bryson it's is just trying to be a goofball and trying to mess around. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's kind of like yeah. me. He's the asshole that sometimes being the asshole – you know, rubs one or two of the 20 people you're an ass. I, I'm not an asshole for real. I'm just a sarcastic son of a gun. And, right. you know, it just rubs a few of the people the wrong way. And yeah. I think that's what Bry- – I think Bryson doesn't have a lot of friends on tour. I don't think Bryson really does – he just focused on his game so much that he's just trying to be, you know, sarcastic, fun, rib somebody. And then Brooks is just such a – Stuck up little pain in the rear. Sorry, yeah. I love Bryson. You yeah. know, everybody knows I love Bryson. So I'm on Bryson's side 110% on it. But as cool. Mike says here, bad blood. And I'm going to compare it to another sport, UFC. When I was younger and UFC was getting, you know, really, you know, taking off, you had bad blood. You had Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz wanting yep. to kill each other. You had yep. you had rivalries. You had Shamrock. Rip- uh, yeah. You want to have yep. people rip each other's head off. Nowadays, UFC is boring to me because after each fight, everybody hugs and kisses and shakes hands and bat. No, I want people that hate each other to go into the octagon yeah. and want to kill each other. Not literally kill each other, but you know what I mean. I want golfers to have rivalries. I want tennis. I was a huge tennis player. I played in high school, loved the sport of tennis. I watched did every really? – I did. I, I was on my, my tennis team in high school. <laughs> little, God, little you've done everything. People don't know that. I love tennis. And but when I was growing up, Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras, there was a heated rivalry yeah. for number one American tennis player. And and nowadays mm-hmm. there isn't that rivalry. So guess what? I don't watch tennis much anymore. Well, even think, I mean, Red Sox Yankees back in in the nineties and two thousands, like yeah. you absolutely hate they absolutely hate each other. They would they would fight. It seemed like every other game they would fight. When Johnny Damon yeah. went to the dark side, I mean it made right, him right. one of the most hated people in his city. Yeah. In Boston. Exactly. Yeah, I, I need rivalries. And I think Brooks, Bryson being that rivalry, I, I think it's good. I don't want them to patch it up. I don't want Bryson to go up to him after the yeah, game. Like, I. I, was, I was just kidding, dude. You know, sorry. No, no, no. I want Bryson to tweet something out and be like, screw you, Bryson. Yeah. Brooks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I want that rivalry. I want that heatedness. And as Mike's saying, the NBA is the same way. I mean, there, there's no major rivalries. I mean, in the NBA, it's more along the lines of, the importance of winning your division and playing divisional games means nothing anymore in the NBA. So that's why that's like that. Right. But you know, in golf, you know, you want to sell more tickets, you want, you know, more ratings on TV. You don't have the tiger effect anymore. You better, you better let rivalries exist. You know, I want to see a Bob Barker, you know, happy Gilmore fight on the <laughs> golf course. That would I'll be the same right there. Kind of along the lines of Mike's point, bring back the 80s basketball, the NBA in the 80s with the, the yeah. bad boys and the, the Sixers Absolutely. and Celtics and all those. Yeah. Like that Absolutely. was that was so much fun to watch. Absolutely. It was I don't know. I mean, we still have the Sixers still have somewhat of a rivalry with the Celtics, but it's not the heated way it used to be. No. So right, where you just hate South, the other team too much. The rivalry. I am 100 percent for Brooks and Bryson on the next episode of MTV Celebrity Death Match. It would be great, you know. Who would, no. who would win in a fight, Brooks or Bryson? Dude, they're both jacked up dudes. Health, healthy Brooks, not not limping no. Brooks. Well, even if he's healthy, Bryson has some scientific knowledge to know to kick his knee at the right angle. Yeah, I was going to say, he'd probably rip right his leg off or something. Yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll literally you know, just flick him and that knee will crumble because he'll know yeah. the, the science behind yep. it. And all. But Brooks, I just I could just see Brooks in the gym working out like in a montage, yeah. getting ready for the fight and stuff like yeah. that. Getting pissed, like yeah, yeah, shooting up the steroids in his ass. <laughs> yeah, uh, this shows. I, I had to bring it up. I had to do it. But uh, so you know, good. real quick, so good. I got, I got, I got a special little video to play us off the air. But I never did it before the show started. So I got to shout out all our great sponsors. Statement Games. I finished in fourth place last week in the PGA Championship Statement Games contest. So I didn't win last week. It's a fun free twist on fantasy sports. Check them out. It's in the bio of the show, how to sign up and where to go. It's a, it's a great, great, fun, free fantasy game. And you can win free prizes, gift cards, etc. cetera. Um, Odds Jam. It's really important towards basketball and football once that gets back around. Hockey, UFC. They're working on adding golf to it. 
but it's basically a calculator to help you not lose money, where to place your bets on what sites. Um, again, a link in the thing. Obviously, our store, aatbirch.com slash shop. It's where you can get all the great gear like this place fee now or our Fairway to Heaven t-shirt um, and all the other great all about the bird stuff that we have on there. Um, so check out the website there, um, 99 Jersey. Uh, appreciate all the support. People have been jumping all over this website. Loads of people have ordered jerseys off this website. 20% off AAT Birds. Uh, get you 20% off on their website. All different kinds of jerseys there. And, of course, Manscaped because your balls will thank you. Uh, 99 jerseys and Manscaped with the 20% off promo code. Father's Day coming. Guys like this guy next to me here, y'all, they're going to need Father's Day gifts. Great places to go to get your Father's Day gifts for them. <clears throat> and don't forget about the dog dads. You know, we count as well. Yep. Dog yes, dads sir. count just as well. And real quick, before I play us off tonight, why I stopped listening to Sports Talk Radio, podcasts like this. We wouldn't be able to do it without everybody's support, but stop listening to the dial. Jason doesn't know about all the awful dial talk in Philadelphia sports. Up in Detroit, there's probably not even like a Sports Talk channel. No one talks sports up there. <laughs> no one, one cares. One. We have three Sports Talk channels in this city here. So, And they all talk about the mm. same thing. But there's a lot of great podcasts talking all different kinds of sports. Golf like this show. Phillies, Eagles, this is an Eagles network all about the birds. Stop listening to the dial. Listen to podcasts. It's something that we really believe firmly in. And uh, I'm going to try to find a way to play this video here if I can, if I can even get the volume up on it as well. This is a little two-minute video to play us off the air, guys. Let me see if I can figure this out here. Give me one second. I really wanted to play this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I'll probably get pulled. The show will probably get pulled off the air because I played it too, but I just love this video. It's it's just to show some honor to our man, Phil Mickelson, as we go off the air here. Uh, come on. Come on. I'm dead airing it here right now. All right. Let's see if I could do this here. here. Have you seen this video? No. Uh, it's a great video. Great video of Phil Mickelson and his brother – who is his caddy and uh, helped him win the PGA Championship this week? Enjoy the video, guys. Oh, the video, the audio isn't going to play. Ah, man. Well, this is a total bust here if the audio won't play. Uh, there we go. I love this. Look at these two boys. Brotherly love. That's right. I got three brothers, so I know all about brotherly love. None of my brothers would be caddying for me on the PGA Tour, though. <laughs> Tim loves it. Yeah, we've uh, we've been together now for 40 years, and uh, you know, which is as long as he's been around. There's his brother Tim on the bag. First week, he's caddied for Phil before. Can you yell at your brother like you would? He can tell him to zip it. Yeah. Phil Mickelson, at the age of 47, has done it again with his brother Tim on the bag. Phil Mickelson takes the title at Pebble Beach. Tim's one of my favorite people. I, I love being around him. He's one of the people I respect the most throughout my career. He's been so supportive of me. We've never had that uh, kind of brotherly rivalry growing up. We're seven years apart, and we've been nothing but supportive for each other throughout our lives. And to have that type of uh, friendship with my brother is something I really value in, in this time together. So I think the one thing is an element of uh, – Comfort being comfortable with my brother, maybe he, he gets me a little bit more relaxed and takes a little bit of pressure off me, and, and maybe I'll, I'll play that, my best that way. Some good old fashioned brother to love to sign us off the air. Did I make you that tearjerker there? You got to get Jack's a brother so that you know him and his brother can, you know, you know, have that kind of special bond. So his brother can caddy for him? 
Yeah, exactly. Can I just tell you real quick? I shouldn't tell the story on the air, but I'm going to. So the other day, we were, I was watching the golf tournament with my kid, and the whole time he was cheering, for, he thought he was cheering for you at first because the guy's name was Phil, but I told him it was a different Phil. You know what he said to me? I he said, "Who's that, Daddy?" I said, "That's Phil Mickelson." You know what my kid's response was? He's four years old. He said, "Who the hell's Phil Mickelson?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you're going to prison for sure," but yeah. still a cute kid. Him or you? Both, probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fantastic show tonight, Jason. Thanks for joining everybody. I love all the comments. Everybody that's joined in. Don't bet irresponsibly like me. Bet responsibly. This is Fairway to Heaven every Tuesday night. Don't mark it down. Corey Connors will be talking about his win next week right back here at 9 o'clock again on the All About the Birds Network. That is Jason. I am Phil. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on YouTube. Do all the subscriptions, sharing things. We appreciate everybody's support. And everybody have a fantastic weekend. I don't know about up in Detroit, but it's going to be fantastic and beautiful around Philly this weekend. Not in Detroit. No, sorry. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> enjoy. I, I, we'll, we'll sign off with Mike's final comment. Does Detroit even have a sports team? Didn't realize. Oh, that, hurts my, that hurts my feelings. Yeah. On that note, we're, we're out of here before he has time to bitch about that. Y'all have a great night, okay? <laughs>